All of a sudden, it's week 17 of This Week in Film, podcast where we come together, discuss the movies we watched over the past week. I'm Nick Panunto, joined as always by Ray Rademiki and Charlie Chester. He's um, back. Yeah, I'm back, guys. Charlie's back from his Baby. whirlwind <laughs> West Coast tour. How was it, Charlie? It was awesome. We got to talk film dorkiness to a whole bunch of people for a week, so it was great. 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 Awesome. Push the book. Super glad to hear it. And we know why we're all here. We all watched that blockbuster movie starring Harrison Ford called Witness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charlie didn't watch Captain America Civil War yet, so we haven't. We don't get to I don't have any friends, so I'm going to have to wait. We'll get there. We'll get, get there. there. We'll I'm get it. We'll let everybody else out there get a chance to see it. So this week, I watched the movie Witness. Uh, from 1985, directed by Peter Weir, starring Harrison Ford and Kelly McGillis. If you don't know, it's about Harrison Ford is a Philadelphia cop. Kelly McGillis is an Amish lady, and she's going on a trip to the city with her young son. While they're in Philadelphia, the son witnesses a murder, and he becomes a witness. And that's the name of the movie. And uh, <laughs> basically, Harrison Ford is investigating the murder and it turns out that the murder victim is an undercover cop he digs deeper and he finds this whole rabbit hole of corruption and he ends up being a target of the killers and so he has to go on the lam he gets injured along the way and has to heal up in lancaster with the amish mm -hmm. and you get to learn a lot about the amish mm. Which is an interesting it is. group of people. They are an interesting and fascinating group of people. It, it's a very good movie. The The one thing about it that is terrible is the music. Last week or two weeks ago, we talked about what movie has the best soundtrack. This movie has the worst soundtrack. <laughs> it's not Tangerine well, it, Dream? It, it's, it's it, well, that's, that's what's funny about that is the music is composed by Maurice Jarre. I think that's how you so say it. So it's a name. score, not necessarily. It's a it's a score, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Worst score, but um, it's he's a composer who has done terrific work, and he's been around for, or he was around forever. He since died, but he did the soundtrack for Lawrence of Arabia, Ghost, <laughs> the the memorable <laughs> theme to Ghost. <laughs> and this is according to IMDb. But this movie, I could have sworn was another Tangerine Dream collaboration. I, I went through Wikipedia. I, I clicked You're on this guy. You're trying to find the link between I was this guy to figure and Tangerine out. Dream? Yeah, and I couldn't find anything. And all I could think is he's just ripping them he's off. He's a fan. It just sounds like three different dudes just sitting on a synthesizer. Sounds awesome. It it's, just sounds it's really not, good. It's so out of place, See, especially I, with the, the Amish. Yeah, I've seen this movie, and I, I don't remember the score, whether it being good or bad. So I, I kind of want to go back and watch see what you're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, it's really, it's it, every time they start playing a song, it really takes you out, except for like the main theme. The main theme, for whatever reason, works really well, but everything else hmm. really takes you out. The end of the movie features one of the most brutal death sequences, I think, ever. Where, Is this um, the corn silo? Yeah. The, the one dude gets in the corn silo and Harrison Ford opens it up on top of him, and you think he's being crushed to death but in actuality the guy is suffocating because of grain dust that mm -hmm. he's breathing right. in yeah. it is awful to watch he it got, is, it he is got really the, violent the corn lung <laughs> yeah, <I got laughs> which is the worst way to die i got the gold lung pop <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gotta rewatch it now yeah it's a fun movie. It. and what's what's really cool about it is that because it takes place in amish country once they're out of philadelphia 
the movie becomes timeless because Lancaster is right. basically the same. When they go into town, a lot of that stuff is still in Lancaster if you go into the city. I don't know if that Dairy Queen they go to is still there, but much of the movie remains probably, exactly the it's same. It's probably a grill and chill now. <laughs> <laughs> it's been updated. Yeah, but I don't think people realize that we're based out of PA. We're not far no, from... We're based out of Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Kids call it the warehouse. And, no one uh, calls it that. But when they're on the Amish farm, you know that that farm is exactly the same today as it was back in 1985. So once they get away from modern 1985 Philadelphia, right. then it's... It could be any time. Contemporary Amish right. Lancaster. At the end, one of the things about the movie is that the Amish don't take up arms against anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they don't believe in they're guns. Pe- they're peaceful people. Pacifists, I guess. According to the guy in the movie, I don't know. I don't know any Amish people personally. And the one guy says, we don't take up guns. We won't fight in any wars. So at one point, the corrupt police come to the Amish house to hunt down Harrison Ford. And they have guns. For whatever reason, they start ringing the same bell. That's the dinner bell. But they just ring it harder, which I guess means come help. Right. Come help. Help mm. us. So all of the local Amish just start coming yeah. unarmed to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> and but if um, you have enough people. Right. If you have enough people, but... Strength in numbers. But at the same time, you're calling all these people over. They have no idea what they're walking into. It could be Samuel has fallen into the <laughs> well and he needs. we need to help him. <laughs> That's cool. All right. So now you got me stoked. I think I want to rewatch this flick. Ray, what did you see this week? This week I watched... Room. Uh, Tommy Wiseau. Classic. Not to be confused <laughs> with one of the greatest movies of all time, The Room. Mm. This is just Room. Directed by Lenny Abrahamson, starring Brie Larson, who won the Academy Award for this film. Yeah. Best Actress. And Jacob Tremblay, who plays her son in the movie, who I thought stole the show. He's fantastic in this. He's He plays a five-year-old. I don't know if he's actually five in real life, but he was awesome. Yeah, he's um, 34. He's actually 34. He's like a Gary Coleman. He's like 34 <laughs> years old. I thought, I thought he was a little girl. Yeah, Most yeah. Of the movie. So the movie's based on the novel Room, written by Emma Donahue. She also wrote the screenplay for the film. And the basic premise of the film is that there's a woman and she has a son, and they are trapped in a room, which ends up, which you end up finding out later, is a garden shed in the back of somebody's yard. She was kidnapped by the man who owns the shed, and he has trapped her in the room for the past five years. And she birthed, she birthed his child. And the child has never seen the outside world. There's a skylight above the above the shed, and that's all he has to look out. And they also have cable TV, which don't, they only get a couple channels. But that's his only perspective of the outside world. Hmm. So every night, this guy, who they call Old Nick, comes into the room. Dirty Old Nick. Right, Dirty What's Old up? Nick. <laughs> comes into the room, and he... Uh, he actually rapes her while the the kid like sits in a closet and listens. So eventually one day he comes to her one night and he's all frazzled saying like he lost his job, he hasn't been working for six months and he hasn't told her about it. And she starts feeling uneasy. I mean, why wouldn't she be uneasy? She's stuck in this shed where this guy ha- is holding her captive, but even more uneasy about this guy's like frame of mind. So she decides that it's time to get out. And her and Jack, her son, devise a plan where she's going to fake him having a fever and try to convince this guy to take him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. He eventually does get a fever or convinces this guy to take him but he won't he won't go until like the next day so she then decides to fake his death and she gets the carpet that's on the floor and rolls him up into the carpet and when the guy comes back the next night she says hey listen like 
we needed to go last night. You wouldn't go. It's your fault that he died. He's dead. And somehow convinces him not to look at the kid at all. Picks the kid up, walks him out, puts him in his, the bed of his truck. And she already, already explains to the kid, like, listen, as soon as you get out into the truck, I want you to wait five minutes, like, until you make this turn, this turn, this turn. Because she remembers where she is because she knows where she got picked up at. Right. Jump out of the car and the first person you see tell him that I'm this person you've been kidnapped you've been locked in this shed for whatever so the, the plan actually end, ends up working they get out and the second half of the movie actually the, the majority of the movie is about them dealing with life after this occurrence oh you know she was 17 when she got kidnapped so she knows what the outside world is like he has never seen anything and it's kind of about how they adapt to the outside world how they adapt to the media and stuff hawking them and, and everything like that so yeah it was pretty interesting it, it's interesting to think about like what if you never saw any of this the only perspective you had was the room around you hmm. and actually in the movie he the kid actually ends up dealing with it a little bit better than she does for whatever reason but it was i thought it was very good brie larson definitely deserves the, the oscar this year that she won for it and the kid like i said i thought he should have been nominated because he was great really yeah, yeah the, the moment when he's in the bed of the truck and he opens his eyes it was so heart-wrenching right because he's like seeing like this everything for the first time like yeah trees the sky bird like sounds yeah, it was yeah, it was like I felt overwhelmed right. for him, right. you know, which was which is how do you pull that off as a director? The director really killed it. Cuz I think this movie's kind of based on a case that happened in Austria where a woman was locked in the basement of her father's house. Mm-hmm. And her father was the one raping her and stuff like that. So I didn't know how Ugh. the book that this woman wrote is based on the Austrian case. Gross. Yeah. So I didn't know what the relationship was between her and the guy or how she got kidnapped. Definitely recommend it to anybody. I didn't really spoil. I mean, if you watch the trailer, I mean, you can tell the trailer shows you them getting out of the situation. Like well, I said, now I know there's a room. Like I said, the movie is more based <laughs> on them dealing with the aftermath of this event. What I thought was interesting the was the relationship between Denny and Mark. <laughs> <laughs> what people don't realize is that Nick legitimately loves the room. <laughs> really, the like best he's, obsa- movie. he's obsessed yeah. with it. Some I think he talks about it every I think night. Some people say it's bad. But <laughs> I wonder if th- I wonder if the makers of this film were concerned about it being confused with such a renowned landmark piece of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it sounds pretty great. I'm gonna. That's on the list. Yeah, of check it out. Watch. Yeah, but make sure that you're in a mood to see it. It will bring you down. Oh. oh yeah, it's yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not a heart lifting. <laughs> Although I did think it was good. I going in, I thought it was gonna be a little more like thriller type. Yeah, and it really isn't. It's more like drama, character mm-hmm. work, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it makes you just feel warm and fuzzy about halfway through it. <laughs> after you realize dirty old Nick has been <laughs> what he's been up to. <laughs> All right, Charlie, you've been gone for about a month. Mm-hmm. What do you see? Uh, I think the last flick I was talking about was The Burning, and we were just making was some that jokes. Was that that long ago? <laughs> yeah. We were just making some jokes about like Friday the 13th and stuff, and uh, it got me thinking about a movie that I hadn't seen when I, in, since I was a kid. And uh, my cousin, Brian, who's a listener of the show. Hi, Brian. Thanks for listening. Personally requested me do this one. There's a new horror movie in the PG section, and I'm like, oh, yes, yes. I'm gonna. This is going to be a good weekend. And it's called Saturday the 14th. I've seen this movie. Yeah, here, here. I got a copy of it for Nick so he can watch it. This is not the traditional <laughs> box art. So, <laughs> so I'm super excited about it movie. because there's creatures on the back cover. There's a vampire on the front. I'm super stoked. I'm like, all right, because uh, Monster Squad was in the PG right. sort of section, so I'm like, okay, this is probably like another right, Monster right Squad. Right on par with it. Right? Yeah. This is a par- like a like a parody movie, right? Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Young Charlie was so angry that day. <laughs> <laughs> 
just when you thought it was safe to look at the calendar again. Saturday the 14th. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was a parody. And when I'm 11 years, I don't even know what a parody was right. at that point, right? I did a little research, and it's supposed to be a parody of Friday the 13th, which just came out like that year. So they just jumped on this thing as, as quickly as possible to like put this out. You would think as a parody, like the Naked Gun parody, like, you know, those sort of flicks, scary movie, which isn't, you know, they're not very good, but they're actually parodying something. This has nothing to do with Friday the 13th <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever. It has absolutely nothing to do with that franchise at all because that's about like a slasher killer in the woods. Right. This movie is about a house that gets left in a will to a family. And it starts off when a Dracula character comes to the house midday. The rules like they, <laughs> the like, rules don't apply to no, this Dracula. They, they're like they're like they probably didn't have the money to shoot at night. They didn't have the lights, so right. they just did it midday. And uh, He's a special vampire. <laughs> The vampire is a young yes, Jeffrey yeah. Tambor oh my God. <laughs> from Arrested <laughs> Development. Yeah. And by young, I mean he was born bald with that hair on the sides that just wrap around the back. Right. You know what I mean? It's him in doing a terrible Transylvanian accent. It's so bad. And he basically wants this house because there's something in it. And then the family shows up and they're like, oh, this is our new home or whatever. So now you know, like he's pissed and he's like, I hope they don't find the book. So they go in, and uh, a kid, the kid of the family finds the book, and basically the front few pages of the book say, anybody who opens this book is going to unleash horrors upon the world. And so, of course, he flips through it, and he keeps seeing creatures, and every time, you know, pictures of creatures, every time he sees it, all of a sudden they disappear in the book, and they are in the house somewhere mm. now. And the house isn't that big, and these things are, like, hiding in plain sight. You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And there's, like, by the time he flips through the book, there's, like, six creatures running around the house. And it takes them days to run into these things, which makes no sense. Right. All of a sudden, they this ongoing joke about there's bats in the belfry. Mm -hmm. The house doesn't have a belfry. It's <laughs> like a tower. You know, <laughs> it's just a regular house. They have to call an exterminator who happens to be Van Helsing. So Van Helsing comes. Nice. And he's got... This is the plot to Monster Squad. <laughs> 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 ben Helsing's like, this is the house that has the book. I don't know why he knows this or whatever. And he's trying to, you know, find the book in the house. And then that's when, like, shit goes, you know, crazy. And they can't leave the house. They're stuck in it. Hell opens up a portal outside. So they can't even leave. So they have to like, get all the creatures back into the book. I don't know. It's just it's a loose plot that they just kind of <laughs> slap together. Don't ask questions. Just go with it. They go through the whole flick. And, you know, the jokes are so bad. The mother and the father... I, I did a little research. Their chemistry is so bad. The jokes and whatnot, it's so uncomfortable to watch. And I found out that they this was their vehicle. Producers put them in this because they're married couple in, in real, real life. life. Oh. And they wanted them to, this to be their jump-off like movie. For people that are married, you would think they would have just natural chemistry. Yeah. No, it's awful. So the story continues on, and you come to find that Van Helsing is the bad guy. And he's actually trying to harness uh, the power. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he's trying Jeez. to harness the power of this book. And that Jeffrey Tambor is the good guy. Dracula wanted the book to save the world. That's why mm. he could be out in the light. I guess so. <laughs> he's just a dude dressed like Dracula. He's okay. not <laughs> even a vampire. Nope, not at all. No, bro. I'm sad. There is no. a scene in this movie where the, the young girl, the, you know, she's like babysitter age. You know, the sister is in the tub and I'm so uncomfortable watching this thing because the creature from the Black Lagoon is in the tub with her <laughs> and <laughs> <The> keeps, <laughs> <laughs> keeps popping up between her legs every time that like she leans back or looks at something. So the audience knows that he's in there with her, but she keeps looking back and then, and then it's just a ripple in the water and he's gone. 
but there's a grown man in the creature from the Black Lagoon suit in this tub with this like a 12 year old girl and yeah. it just made me feel so uncomfortable watching it I'm sure it was very uncomfortable for her <laughs> yeah <it>. <laughs> and the creature effects in this are top notch they <laughs> literally look like they went to the costume shop and just for the werewolf they just repurposed an old bear costume you know <laughs> <laughs> It's. I think the best thing about this movie is the cover art. I think yeah, honestly, this is, this is great. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, you are in for a treat, my friend. Well, we'll get to that in about ten weeks. <laughs> but moving on, answering last week's Ray's random request, the question was: What, what movie do you need to see more than once in order to really understand it? Mm-hmm. Mark on Facebook says he can't remember if it was The Matrix two or three, but he sat through that architect scene three or four times trying to figure out what the hell he was talking yeah. about. That's a good one. All the weird words, all the big the words he's and using. It's just and if I'm right, right. anomaly, <laughs> paradox. Why aren't you punching him? <laughs> Chris on Facebook says The Departed because he has some sort of facial recognition disorder and can't recognize the difference between Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio. The departed. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Caprio kind of had a, a, had a fat face in that movie. Facebook Brian says Leonard Part 6, but I don't think he realizes we've done that movie already <laughs> and we're not going to look at it again. That Jill, was a great review. Jill on Facebook says The Adventures of Baron Mun- von Munchausen. Okay. I still don't really understand that movie. Like, that is Never seen it. It's Terry Gilliam without a leash. I don't, yeah. It is. Yeah. Terry it's not Gilliam. at its best. I don't really not get it yeah. normally anyway, so. On Twitter, at Scott V. Nelson, he says Donnie Darko and Inception. Says Love Donnie Darko. Yeah. Really great to revisit. You see something new every time. Yep. At Back Row Podcast on Twitter says Mulholland Drive. And just thinking about that movie gets me irritated because I don't understand. I, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think you could movie. easily say any Lynch film. Yeah. You know? At Movie Geek Cast says Triangle. He also adds, you need to watch the movie. Don't learn anything about it before you watch it. Just check it out. And at Malcolm Powder says, uh, The Big Lebowski. Every time you watch it, you get it a little more. Ray, what is this week's Ray's Random Ray Quest? Well, this week, kind of going along with uh, the fact that me and Nick saw the biggest movie of probably the, of, of the, the year. Until the next Star Wars comes <laughs> until out. Until the next Star Wars comes out. But Charlie did not I see it. I can't apologize <laughs> enough you probably about this, guys. Um, <laughs> couldn't you name a movie that you were late to see? That every that everybody else saw. Jesus it's got to be guys. like a scary question <laughs> that everyone has already seen. Right? It's Come on, like guys! A big, like a big blockbuster. Holy right. crap! Right. It's one of those things where you, you need to get over to, this. Where you constantly have to tell people like, no spoilers, please. Like, please right. don't don't do it. Well, you and know. then did you or did you like it? Was it the hype? Is what you what you thought it was going to be, or were you disappointed? Mainly because I know I this happened to me before. I've seen a movie late and I've been disappointed because everybody hyped it up so much and then it just didn't live up. And it wasn't the movie's fault, it was just everybody hyping it up. I had that experience with Wild Wild West. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was the delay in seeing it that ruined the Wild Wild West for you. Charlie, I'm sure you have something to play. I got a couple things. Uh, first off, I did a podcast interview with our friends. I think I can call them friends now. Uh, Geek Yogurt Podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a play on words. You know? Makes sense. Yeah, really good guys. Um, they're out of Binghamton. They do pretty fun podcasts. I recommend if you guys like talking comics and just listening, like what's hot, what's going on. They got a couple of really 
really good uh, ones I listen to. I think you can find them on at Yogurt Podcast on Twitter if you follow that. Yeah, we're I f- recommend you following that. We're friends on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my book, Boy Zero, Volumes 1, Volume 2, now available. Amazon.com and pretty much every digital download, including Kindle, Google, iTunes, everything. It's all it's available all there. It's a, it's a horror book that is a murder mystery. Yeah, if you're into that sort of thing and you get a boner for horror movies, oh. you're going <laughs> to love it. That's my new pitch. My, I'm raising get, my hand. If you get <laughs> Ray, let the people know where they can find us. You guys can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Twitter, Google Play Music, and of course, thisweekinfilmpodcast.com. Okay, guys. Well, it was great to see you again. Charlie, welcome back. All right. We look forward to hearing all of your adventures. <laughs> and if that's all that there is, we'll see you next week in film. No laughter this time. <laughs>